it's lights out, and away we go. And it's the dash down to turn one then. Who's going to come out on top? Lewis Hamilton ahead of Valtteri Bottas. Sebastian Vettel trying to find a way past Kimi Raikkonen then Verstappen and Ricardo. And now the inside goes Fernando Alonso. Hamilton into the lead. Sebastian Vettel goes second ahead of Valtteri Bottas. Running wide is Stoffel Van Dorn and also Charles Leclerc. That looks like Roman Grosjean very much out of this race. What has happened to the Haas driver? He's collided with Nico Hulkenberg. I think he was out of this race as well. Safety car right at the start. Out of the pits comes uh, Valtteri Bottas. This is going to be very close indeed. Kevin Magnussen, Sebastian Vettel in the middle. Sebastian Vettel gets past uh, Valtteri Bottas and preserves that net second place that he had. Bottas, had he have been half a second quicker in that pit stop, would have been ahead of the Ferrari. Sebastian Vettel is pitting and they change his tyres. Out into the race he goes once more. It was a very slow stop. It was, 5.6 seconds. There's Verstappen, and Verstappen now ahead of Sebastian Vettel. Lewis Hamilton on his way for a 30th consecutive points finish. The first man ever to finish in the points for 30 consecutive races. He's going to break Michael Schumacher's record as well and notch up his 41st win from pole position as Hamilton takes the win at the Spanish Grand Prix. And it was a win that really never looked in doubt. His teammate Valtteri Bottas comes home to finish in second. You're listening to the Q3 Podcast. Yes, g'day everybody and welcome to yet another episode of the Q3 podcast. This is the Spanish GP review. I am Ben Pascuzzi. Unfortunately, I am not joined by James Worth today. He is in Europe at the moment on a cruise, but we will be getting some of his thoughts from the Grand Prix, which just took place on Sunday night. But Nevertheless, that was Australian time. Of course, we will have him next Monday on our show. Unfortunately, he's got some service issues, but nevertheless, it was an absolutely fantastic Spanish Grand Prix for Lewis Hamilton, who was able to post his second race win. Uh, This puts Hamilton now 17 points clear of Vettel. Uh, He also finished 20 seconds clear of his teammate for the race. So it was a fairly dominant display from Lewis Hamilton, uh, making it his 64th career win. And also, as you heard from the commentary in the intro, uh, it was his 41st win from pole. Now, that record puts him ahead of Michael Schumacher, which he had previously shared the feat with. So anyway, the show that we'll be going through today, we're basically going through a recap of the Spanish Grand Prix, as well as some talking points from the race and prior to the race, because there's a little bit of talk from Hamilton Vettel, uh, which caught my eye. They were discussing... Uh, the new regulations uh, for next season about a simplified front wing. Uh, they gave their thoughts, their two cents on it, and we'll be getting to that uh, later in the show. And, of course, we've got our comments from the F1 official fan group. And anyway, to start things off, let's get through the race recap. Yeah, so, of course, Lewis Hamilton, they're getting his second win in a row for the 2018 season of Formula One. Uh, Of course, that win now puts him well clear of Sebastian Vettel in the front, 17 points clear. Anyway, to the results. Hamilton won 20 seconds clear of his teammate Valtteri Bottas in second. Max Verstappen came in third for Red Bull, who finished eight-tenths clear of Sebastian Vettel. Further behind was Daniel Ricciardo in fifth. And rounding out the top ten were Kevin, Kevin Magnussen, Carlos Sainz Jr., 
Fernando Alonso, Sergio Perez, and for his second points finish in a row, Charles Leclerc of Sauber. There were a fair few retirements and DNFs from the race. They were Stoffel Van Dorn, Esteban Ocon, Kimi Raikkonen, Roman Grosjean, Pierre Gasly, and Nico Hülkenberg. So, to the events of the race. So, at the onset of the race, uh, Sebastian Vettel was able to leapfrog Mercedes' uh, second driver in Valtteri Bottas in the opening few corners. Uh, from then on in, uh, that the front uh, runners pretty much stayed the same. However, there was a little bit of action in towards the uh, back of the grid, uh, well, towards the mid-pack, I guess you could say. Uh, Roman Grosjean tried to put a move on his uh, other Haas teammate in Kevin Magnussen. Magnussen moved left on turn three, and as it is a uh, sharp, not sharp, like a longish right turn, uh, Roman Grosjean tried to go on the outside, but lost a little bit of downforce, got some understeer, and lost the, pretty much, lost the car completely, uh, spun his rear tyres, creating a massive puff of smoke, and that caused two other drivers to call, to collide with him, which were Renault's Nico Hülkenberg, as well as Toro Rosso's Pierre Gasly. So, all three drivers had their race ruined by that incident caused by Roman Grosjean, who ultimately, at the end of the race, copped a three-grid penalty for the Monaco Grand Prix, which will be in two weeks' time. So, for the rest of the race, also, mind you, because of that uh, safety car and because of all these uh, this carnage in the opening lap, Fernando Alonso, he went from 8th to 11th. And on the other side, Charles Leclerc, who started in 14th, found himself in 9th when the safety car did come out. So, very good start from Charles Leclerc, to say the least. Anyway, uh, the strategies started to play out throughout the race. Uh, Vettel... He was pitted very early. Uh, he was pitted on around lap 18. Uh, went to the medium tyres. The reasons being probably because there's a, the track was fairly cold and they wanted to get as much heat as possible and as quick as possible into that into those uh, medium tyres. So that move ultimately um, proved to not be costly, however, because Bottas did pit a couple of laps later and he almost, almost pulled out in front of Sebastian Vettel when he came out of the pits. Uh, Sebastian Vettel had to go past both Magnussen as well as Bottas to make sure he remained in the that provisional uh, second place because, of course, he wasn't in second place at that moment because there were drivers ahead of him, such as the Red Bull drivers who hadn't pitted yet. Uh, the retirements, so we saw, of course, Esteban Ocon going out in the 40th uh, 40th lap, around the 40th lap, sorry. Uh, Stoffel Van Dorn also 48th. Um, Kimi Raikkonen, however, uh, some mechanical issues. Um, he This was around the halfway point, of course. Uh, Max Verstappen was trying to overtake uh, the Ferrari, and then all of a sudden it appeared that the Ferrari was going to go into the pits, and then, nah, didn't happen. He just kind of stopped. Verstappen went past him, and then, of course, Raikkonen's day, a couple of corners later, ended. So, not that good of a day for Ferrari altogether. Uh, another bad day was for Williams. Uh, another non-points finish uh, for one of the, I guess, the storied teams in the world of Formula One. Uh, they were able to finish. Well, Lance Stroll, Lance Stroll almost got a point to finish. He finished in 11th. 
And then, of course, the other team, his other teammate, Sergei Sorokin, finished in 14th, dead last in terms of the drivers who were remaining. So Williams now only with the four points for the season after these uh, first few races. So a lot to work on for Williams, to say the least. But can they turn it around? Who knows? Because we did see in the uh, practice one when former F1 driver and now official tester uh, for Williams, uh, Robert Kvitsa, stating that their car was sub-poor, I guess, and he basically said that it was an embarrassment to drive. He went that far to say it was an embarrassment. So, yeah, not the greatest start to the season for Williams. But anyways, that pretty much wrapped up the race. Uh, quite another another incident to make note, which was not really broadcast. It was only shown to us later in the uh, post-race uh, footage, I guess you could say. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo had a little bit of a uh, spin-off under the virtual safety car in the latter stages of the races, which saw him, of course, finish around 30 seconds behind his teammate, in not his teammate, sorry, uh, Sebastian Vettel uh, in the end of the race. So he had a little bit of a spin. Lucky it wasn't that costly for him, and he was still able to finish in fifth. But yes, in summary, Lewis Hamilton absolutely dominant, leading from start to finish, and it looks like Mercedes are back. So that wraps up our race recap. Now we're going to get stuck into our talking points from the Spanish GP as well as some post-race reactions from the drivers. So, of course, our major talking point is about Mercedes and whether or not they are back. But before we get into that, let's just have a quick listen to the top three, which, of course, featured two Mercedes drivers Hamilton and Bottas, who both finished 1-2. Lewis, huge congratulations. You were seemingly untouchable out there. Brilliant race. Is that the best kind of win to have? Um, the win, there's lots of different wins you can have, but this is definitely a great, a great feeling win-wise. There's been ones where I've been too far ahead and kind of more relaxed. This one I was pushing the whole way. I was trying to perfect my craft, trying to improve, not make mistakes. Um, so I was leaning on the car the whole way, trying to learn, you know, because it's like a, it was like practice also, you know, just gaining knowledge of the balance and what I need and what the car requires. So um, it definitely was an exciting one, and I was very happy, particularly when I got to share it with Bono, my, my engineer. He's my longest-standing engineer of my whole career, so it's great for him to be so committed and stay with me this whole time through the ups and downs, through my stubbornness, and, you know, it's been great. Mercedes won too. You must be happy with that. Yeah, all for us is it could have been better. Um, uh, you know, as a as a team, we we gained good chunk of points, and Ferrari also was unlucky, but also they made some wrong decisions today, which helped us. And uh, yeah, we were really reactive today. We had a really strong car, uh, so that's good. Max, congratulations on the podium. Very different race from last time out in Baku. You seem to unlock the potential of the car a little bit more than Daniel. That I don't know, but for me, um, it just felt like a good race weekend. Um, I always feel quite good on this track, but in general, yeah. For me, it was I think, a nice turning point after the first four races where it didn't go into plans, so then to, to come back on the podium is always good, even with a little bit of damage, but uh, it didn't seem to hurt me too much. Yeah, so that was your reaction from the top three drivers. So 
Back to what I was stating before about the top two finishing Mercedes drivers. So is Mercedes officially back in the 2018 championship season? I think it'd be foolish for people and fans alike to stay to start to say that they are not back this season. Clearly, they are. I mean, two great race wins in a row, albeit largely played by luck, of course, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. But nevertheless, they have stuck in there. They have been consistently in the points throughout this season and it proved yet again here in Spain on the weekend. Mercedes now 153 points in the 2018 Constructor standings. Ferrari 126. And then the nearest front runner was Red Bull, who are on 80. So Mercedes now lead by 27 points ahead of Ferrari. They are back 100%. Especially since there were so many questions about whether or not Mercedes drivers would be able to put up a good performance here in Spain. I mean, they did dominate qualifying, of course, but all the questions still remained about how they would respond from Baku because, I mean, Lewis Hamilton, it didn't appear that his fight was back because he's pretty much consoling uh, his teammate Valtteri Bottas for the entirety of his celebration there in Azerbaijan. And it didn't seem that he was focused on the job at hand. And that bite was there that we've seen in previous seasons that has seen him win three out of the last four Formula One World Championships. But speaking of his teammate also, there were questions around him and his response because there's now been three races where I guess you could say luck or bad luck, maybe uh, lack of experience, particularly in the uh, Bahrain one, for example, has cost him. Uh, Bottas of a win. So he finished in second, first up in Bahrain. He had a chance to pull a move on Vettel in the who Vettel who was on degrading tyres, mind you, in the dying laps, but opted not to. Went the safe route and he finished in second. The following race in China, absolutely had a fantastic race, the perfect race. Led it for the majority of it, but. A virtual safety car at the end of the race when it was a collision between the two Toro Rosso drivers allowed the two Red Bull drivers to make a double pit stop down to fresher tyres and Daniel Ricciardo was the Red Bull representative who was able to go through the pack, eventually passing Bottas as well and he was able to win the race. So Bottas, again unlucky there. And then Azerbaijan, two weeks ago, the last race, we all know what happened there. For those that don't, Bottas was leading the race in the dying stages, couple laps remaining, and then he had a suffered a right rear puncher, ending his race, so he wasn't even able to finish it. So Bottas has had his fair share of bad luck. Great to see him get some luck here in terms of Vettel going for a, a little greedy pit, I guess you could say, under the virtual safety car and ultimately gifting gift wrapping. Valtteri Bottas that second place. So, uh, Mercedes back? Yes, I think you can definitely say that. Moving on to Ferrari now. Before we get into the questions about the team, particularly uh, their moves in pitting Sebastian Vettel so early and also pitting him under the virtual safety car, let's just get a reaction from both Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen. Sebastian, missing out on a podium today. What were the issues? 
not quick enough. <laughs> Simple as that. I think uh, one is the raw pace. We're missing, obviously, uh, quite visible in the first stint. And that didn't change. And after that, I think uh, we just, uh, yeah, we're struggling to keep on top of the tyres and running through the tyres, I think, quicker than, than other people. How have Mercedes managed to unlock this track this weekend? Different tyres. Kimi, disappointing end to your race. Do you know what the problem was? No, I don't know. I don't think we know until we take the car apart. So it's too early to say. Obviously, some loss of... Um, power uh, I could go around but not full speed and uh, yeah it's I don't know did you have any indication beforehand that there was a problem no I was running smoothly I said tires and um, yeah, I was in decent position so speed was okay but uh, obviously um, didn't go much out of it Yes, so that was the reaction from the two Ferrari drivers post-race. I think it was fairly apparent and quite obvious by Sebastian Vettel in his statement post-race, clearly saying that Ferrari did not have the pace to match it up with Mercedes. And I think that pretty much summarises the Grand Prix there for Ferrari and their entire race weekend because, of course, they were not able to to get one of their drivers onto the front row. Of course, Mercedes locking out the front row in qualifying on the Saturday. So Ferrari were not good at all on the weekend. And I guess questions about their inconsistencies can again come into the play. Of course, we saw this last season. Could we see a repeat of last season? Because last season, Ferrari, fantastic start to the season and then Mercedes, the experts, just dominated it from then on in after like six races or might have been a little bit later as well. But Ferrari definitely dropped off. There were some reliability issues so and strategic issues as well, which cost them any chance of really competing with Mercedes for the remainder of that 2017 season. Uh, but anyway, speaking of strategies, why on earth did they pit Vettel so early is one of my questions as well as why pit him under the virtual safety car. So first up, that first question about pitting Vettel so early. So the reasoning behind that clearly would ha- would have had to have been uh, for the undercut. Uh, ultimately, it proved to just be the correct decision. Or well, obviously, it was wrong in terms of trying to leapfrog and uh, the Mercedes because uh, he he'd already done that. But he ultimately almost cost himself, and the team ultimately cost almost ultimately. Ugh. The team almost ultimately cost uh, Vettel his second place at the time because Bottas later pitted a couple of laps later on warmer tyres, was able to produce some quicker laps than the Ferrari who was on the fresh, new, cold tyres and as it was a cold track, was going to take a while for those tyres to heat up. Bottas almost got ahead of Vettel after pitting. Vettel had to overtake both Magnussen and Bottas, mind you, just to stay ahead in that second place. As for the virtual safety car, this was purely a risk. I'm not sure whether it was calculated, and I guess you could say it clearly wasn't calculated because he lost two places as a result of that, ending up finishing in fourth. So reasonings for that, I guess they were, Ferrari were hoping they were able to mimic uh, the moves that Red Bull did in China, where they saw both Verstappen and Ricardo 
pit under a virtual safety car after a collision between the two Toro Rosso drivers. And then, of course, it saw them go through the pack and, in particular, Danny Ricciardo able to win the Grand Prix there in China. Obviously, guess it wasn't the right track to do that. And ultimately, you could say that uh, because they had pitted uh, Vettel so early, they were going to do that two-stop no matter what. So because of the virtual safety car, they saw the perfect opportunity to do that. And of course, we've seen issues in terms of Ferrari pitting drivers too early and then their tyres degrading. I mean, we saw it time and time again last season. And I guess the prime example this season was at the Bahrain Grand Prix where Vettel almost, he almost lost the race due to those tyres degrading uh, to Valtteri Bottas. Somehow he was able to drive the Ferrari home. Don't know how he did. But anyway, so that would have been playing, of course, in the back of the Ferrari's minds. Uh, Sticking with Ferrari, what does this now mean for them in terms of are they going to remain behind Mercedes for the rest of the championship? I believe this plays a very significant part this race. I mean, of course, they were only able to get one driver to finish the race. Kimi Raikkonen has been very consistent again this season, not largely due to his performance-wise as a driver, but largely due to the car and their reliability issues yet again for Ferrari, which is just unfortunate for the prancing horse. But nevertheless, I think this does hurt them. This weekend, they were just utterly dominated by Mercedes. So not sure how they cope from this, how they come back in Monaco, which is a race that is won on the Saturday in qualifying. So... Obviously, it's way too early to tell, but it's not looking good at this stage for Ferrari after this uh, Spanish Grand Prix weekend. Don't mind you, it is way too early to say to count them out of the championship race, but similarities are beginning to come to the play in terms of Ferrari's performance last year and now this year. So, worrying signs and warning bells will definitely start to ring, not defiantly, but ever so slightly, down there at Maranello. Anyway, a big talking point from the race was Roman Grosjean's crash uh, post-race. He copped a three-grid penalty for the next race in Monaco. Uh, But before we get to whether or not that was fair, let's have a listen to what Grosjean had to say after the race. Well, I lost the rear end, and uh, at one point I thought the car would come back to me, and uh, it did not... uh... So I spun and uh, I was trying to put it back straight as, could, as soon as I could to avoid uh, an incident, but uh, it didn't work. Obviously, we saw your teammate lose it a little bit in front of you, which unsighted you. I think people, though, will point or look at certainly the amount your rear wheels were spinning, the fact you, you seem to keep your right foot pushed all the way down during that. In hindsight, was that the correct thing to do? I think it's a natural, uh, natural thing to do. If you look at uh, Rosberg with, in Malaysia with Vettel in 2016, I think that's what he did. Schumacher in 2010 Abu Dhabi it's just it's just the fastest way to spin the car back and, and try to be in the good direction you don't want to face the others so um, as I say the, the car came in at a bit of a wobble I, I lift off to avoid uh, any contact uh, because first thing you don't want is to hit your teammate and I lost it uh, it came back a little bit to me that's why I went on power and then it just, it just I, mean, I don't know if I touched the astrotop or whatever and it, it spun again if I'd break if I'd stayed on throttle I think it would have changed nothing Yes, so that was Roman Grosjean post the Spanish Grand Prix. So in terms of whether or not 
he deserved that three grid re, re, three grid uh, penalty for the uh, Monaco Grand Prix, which is the next race in two weeks. Probably is fair. I mean, clearly he could have taken his foot off the uh, the throttle, preventing, of course, that spin. But nevertheless, he kept it on and he caused two other drivers to finish their race. So that ultimately is his responsibility. And unfortunately for him, he's got to cop the right punishment. So I think that was spot on from the stewards. Obviously, it is an extra slap in the face for Grosjean. But look, he had to cop what he deserved. So in terms of Roman Grosjean and his season now, it has been pretty disappointing. Uh, He is yet to score a point uh, this season. I'm saying this with no confidence. Uh... Am I right? Yes, I am. Sorry. He is yet to score a point this season. So where does this put him? Look, very difficult to stay at this stage of the season, but you'd be thinking that the hierarchy or the the top blokes there at Haas uh, with the performances that Kevin Magnussen has been putting so far, he's in ninth, mind you, tied ninth uh, with Carl Sainz of Renault uh, in the driver's standing. So... Where's this place? Roman Grosjean, I think they're going to start thinking of potentially getting a replacement. This is not, of course, the first incident that Roman Grosjean's been involved in. But, look, doesn't look good for him. Has he come back? It's hard to say. I don't think he does. He's clearly a lot slower than his teammate. And his teammate has proven that the Haas car is pretty good. But anyway, that closes the case on Grosjean. We'll move now to Red Bull. Uh... Despite the third placing of Verstappen, it was a rather disappointing weekend. Uh, Danny Ricciardo, of course, finishing fifth. So Red Bull, they had a lot of upgrades going into this Grand Prix. Pretty much talked a lot. They t- the hype was massive going to this race. I believe it was Helmut Marco who said that he believed that the Red Bull car would be almost half a second quicker in some corners or in some parts of the track, but... Didn't really seem like that on the in the Spanish GP, but anyway, we did hear earlier from Max Verstappen. So now let's have a listen to his teammate Daniel Ricciardo and his thoughts post race. Daniel, unfortunately, it didn't quite work out today. Have you managed to unlock the full potential of the car yet? Um, on not for 66 laps, but on some of those 66, yes. Um, so, look, the race itself for me personally was a, a boring one. Um, there wasn't really too much going on once once the the first kind of 15 laps settled, um, but uh, yeah, with the I think at the end with the medium there was there were signs that there's a lot of potential in the car, but I felt like one in five or one in ten laps I could be the fastest car on the track, but then eight of those other ten or nine of those other ten I was nearly in the in the in the gravel or you know going in backwards, so it was just really really hard to to get the full potential out of the car. So. It's positive signs, but we just need to make it a bit easier. So you can see where it's heading? Um, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to be positive. And, uh, yeah, there's there's certainly potential. It's just on a, on a knife edge at the moment. So we need to try and, uh, I don't know, get the butter knife out and, and smooth it off. Yeah, so Daniel Ricciardo there trying to remain positive after the race, showing there's some signs. But I could think he could gather from his previous comments that it was a fairly disappointing weekend. For Red Bull, uh, nevertheless, they were able to get a third place in with Max Verstappen finishing there in third. 
that was obviously helped largely because of Kimi Raikkonen's mechanical failure. Of course, Verstappen pulling ahead of Kim. And to Verstappen's credit, he was able to remain ahead of a rampaging, I guess you could call Sebastian Vettel, who was trying to make up for that unfortunate pit stop and untimely pit stop under the virtual safety car, which saw him move from second to fourth. But nevertheless, not that great of a weekend from Red Bull. They did need to have... Look, actually, I guess you could say it was a really positive uh, weekend in one sense for Red Bull because both drivers actually finished the race this time around. Of course, in Azerbaijan, they both infamously collided. So in that sense, it was a positive performance, but if that hadn't happened... This was definitely a subpar performance from Red Bull. Pace didn't look there. Of course, Max Verstappen ended up finishing well off the pace in terms of uh, where Hamilton finished in the race. He finished a whopping 56 seconds behind him. It was almost, it was to be exact, it was 56.873 seconds behind Lewis Hamilton. So almost 57 seconds. Ah. Sorry, I'm not. I wasn't. I wasn't supposed to add that. Actually, uh, Verstappen he finished 26, almost 27 seconds behind. It was Ricardo finished 50 seconds behind. But of course, we know that little spin that he had, which wasn't really publicised. But yeah, Red Bull finishing well off the pace. Another disappointing weekend. Of course, still got the third. But I guess for their standards, they were expecting a lot more, especially a lot more, especially with those upgrades that they had, the massive upgrades. They pretty much changed the entire floor of the car, put adjustments around it in terms of aerodynamics, but didn't prove to give them that much of of an advantage for the entire weekend. Now let's move on to a really positive story here, and this is Charles Leclerc. Uh, The young Ferrari protégé was able to get his second point finish in a row of the 2018 season, he was able to come in 10th place for Sauber. 100%, I guess you could say, he's outperforming the car. But anyway, let's grab a listen and hear his post-race reaction. Yeah, I'm very happy. It has been a great race today. Very, very difficult. Um, I've been probably a little bit too greedy at the beginning of the medium soft, trying to catch up on Carlos with the Renault, but uh, then I, I destroyed the front tyres and the end of the race was basically very, very difficult for us. It was all about uh, surviving and I had also Fernando in the mirrors, which is not always easy because you know that at the first error he will overtake you. So um, yeah, but it was a nice experience and I guess it's great for me that starts in Formula 1 to have these type of situations because I learned twice as much. So uh, yeah, a very positive race today. Leclerc has been fantastic for Sauber this season. As I said earlier, of course, that was his second point finish for the season. He is now in 13th in the driver's standings on nine points. And let's just have a look at the drivers who he's ahead of. He's ahead of Stoffel Van Dorn, Lance Stroll, Marcus Eriksson, Esteban Ocken, Brendan Hartley, Roman Grosjean, and Sergei Sorokin. He's only three points behind Pierre Gasly, who's also had a fantastic start to his Formula 1 career there in Toro Rosso, continuing on from his debut late last season. So... For Charles Leclerc, the question I've got here is how long until we see him become, uh, become instilled 
I'll install, sorry, into the Ferrari driving lineup and whether or not these performances are going to last. So, look, it is unlikely that these performances are going to last, unfortunately, for uh, Charles Leclerc, purely because he's driving one of the, I guess, backrunners uh, of the Formula One driving of the uh, Formula One teams in Sauber. So, look, it is going to be hard to keep up this consistency. But if he's able to, I don't think it's going to be long before we see him in a Ferrari... uh, before we see him in Ferrari red. Because, of course, if Daniel Ricciardo doesn't go to Ferrari, I would suggest that if Charles Leclerc continues these performances and because it looks ever so likely likely that Kimi Raikkonen is going to leave Ferrari at the end of the season, potentially retire even from Formula 1 altogether, Charles Leclerc would be the perfect replacement. But that, of course, lays heavily on whether or not Ricardo remains or leaves Red Bull. If he goes to Ferrari, look, for Charles Leclerc, he may end up going to a Toro Rosso, I'm not sure, but he will get picked up by a big team very soon if these performances keep happening. He has been fantastic this season. So keep an eye on this this little this young kid. So he has been fantastic. So really good stuff there from Charles Leclerc finishing in 10th in the Spanish Grand Prix. Anyway, so that wraps up our talking points from the race. We're now going to get to some thoughts that James Worth, our other co-host, my other co-host, we're now going to get into some thoughts that James Worth had after the Grand Prix. Of course, we're unable to join him uh, and call him on the line today because he's having some service issues, but he will be back next Monday. But anyway, let's get into some thoughts that James had over the race. So yeah, James, some of his thoughts are that spark that Hamilton had last may have started something for the next few races. So of course, Hamilton did get a little spark in that win last race at Azerbaijan. Does look like it has started something. That's for sure. I definitely do agree with you there, uh, James. So I think he is... Back this season, I guess you could say, uh, is Lewis Hamilton. That sparks there. But look, it's too early to say, obviously. But I guess the dominant weekend that Mercedes had, as well as Hamilton, it looks like, very likely, that that spark has started something. So 100% agree with you there. Another comment that he had, this is really cheeky, Uh, good performance by Max Maldonado, of course, that is Max Verstappen, or Max Crushstappen, however you guys want to call him, of course, we gave our opinions after the Azerbaijan Grand Prix about who was at fault, and of course, of all the historic incidents between Max Verstappen and other race drivers on the racing grid, so, yep, fair to say, was a great performance, a good performance there from Max Verstappen. He got very lucky. Nevertheless, he was still able to pull his Red Bull car over the line. So, agree with you there also. And his last comment, which is pretty much uh, what I mentioned earlier, and this is about Roman Grosjean. Unfortunate result for him, and he's not sure where this puts Grosjean for the rest of the season. Look... I guess most of us aren't really sure where this puts Grosjean for the rest of the season. He's yet to score a point. 
only one of two drivers to yet score a point for the season, of course. The other, Sergei Sorokin from Williams. So in terms of the season, I just, I'm not sure about Grosjean. I think Haas will probably get rid of him at the end of the season. And if he does continue to cause incidents like these, because we know he's got a record like this, I guess, I guess you could call Grosjean... Look, prior to Max Verstappen, Grosjean was the modern-day Maldonado. I'm not sure whether you guys agree or not, but that's my opinion anyway, that Grosjean was the modern-day Maldonado. Now, Max Verstappen, I guess, can claim that title, the elusive title, I guess, if you want to call it, if it even is that. But yeah, nevertheless, for this season, look, not looking good at all for Grosjean. Haas have clearly been performing well with Magnussen's car. Grosjean, he's probably going to go. So I agree with you on all your points there, James. So, of course, you will be able to listen to James on our next show next Monday, Australian time. He will be over there in Europe. He's on a cruise, so we'll be able to call into him probably on Facebook or something or Skype, I don't know. But hopefully when he gets service, we'll get into him. So that's it for our top comments and top reactions points so that's it for our talking points from the race from both myself and James as well. Uh, but just one point that I did want to mention. Uh, Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel, prior to the start of the race, they had their thoughts. They gave their two cents on the new regulations for next season, and that is that the FIA has implored, has told teams that they are to reduce the amount of implications that they have on their front wing, making it a lot simpler, as well as making a wider uh, rear rear wing. What that does is it creates less downforce, and therefore they are hoping more of a chance of overtaking. However, these two drivers basically said that you should be able to interview, I guess, get the thoughts of the drivers, because they absolutely love going fast quote both these drivers they love going fast and these the fun thing about these um these races this is a direct quote from Hamilton is that they're pushing the boundaries and limits um the exciting thing is this year has been that we are breaking records it's incredible the, the technology we have and what we're doing with it we should be at least as fast as we are this year but just making racing better I totally agree there with Hamilton I mean of course we want to see more racing um better race uh, combat, I guess you could say, driver-driver combat, uh, wheel-to-wheel racing, you know, like you see in Australian racing fans, like you see in the V8 supercars, because you see them go bumper to bumper pretty much the whole race, and it's fantastic. We'd love to see that in Formula 1, but if it comes at the cost of speed, I'm not sure whether or not that is the right decision. I will ask James this next week, and we'll, of course, get your thoughts on this. Of course, tweet to us at the Q3 Podcast or on Facebook, comment on the video at Q3 Podcast. Let us know whether or not you agree with the new regulations of the Formula 1 2019 season or whether you agree with the thoughts of Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel that this move is pretty comical and I guess that is it is uh, not taking into consideration what the driver's opinions are. So do let us know what your thoughts are on whether or not you are on the FIA side or the Hamilton and Vettel side of things. Anyway, now let's get stuck into our comments from the Formula One official fan group on Facebook. So let's just let's just go through the page and let's have a look at some of the comments that have come through 
post the uh, Spanish Grand Prix. So a lot of people saying that Grosjean's penalty was well-deserved. That's definitely, in my opinion, the right decision. And, decision, and of course, that has proved to be the case with the general public and those on the uh, Formula 1 official fan group. Moving down the comments, uh, we've got one here. This is about the... I know we're revisiting this again, but the Miami Grand Prix. There's a lot of talk still about this, of course. Uh, earlier in the week, the Miami... It was a, com- a council commission or whatever it was. Agreed for it. And look... It's going to happen pretty much from 2019 onwards. Still a lot of reaction, mis- mixed reactions. I'm a, I'm a fan of it. I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. We can't have any Miami. I mean, it is the it is the perfect move commercially, which is what I think you need to target now for Formula One. Get it really popular. So, I'm a fan of it. Uh, let us know your thoughts, of course, as well. Uh, we've got a nice little meme here, Grosjean. Uh, he used the smoke screen, and it's super effective uh, with. Of course, the Toro Rosso and the Renault, the Renault of uh, both Gasly and Hulkenberg, respectively, crashed out. Uh, well, look at this. We got a photo uh, posted on the page. Kimi reunited with uh, Thomas, or Thomas, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, of course, if you remember last year, Kimi finished uh, what earlier, early in the race with some issues and. We saw this Ferrari fan crying on the screen and it appears that he was able to meet his idol again, Kimi Raikkonen, not only after the match last after the race last year, but before, prior to this Spanish Grand Prix this season. Uh, another more reaction about uh, Roman Grosjean, um, basically saying, why on earth is Grosjean still doing here in F1? Gene Haas, you're there, fire him. Look... I think Grosjean, Grosjean will fail to see the fail to see first of all next season for Haas, and I think it's likely that he may fail to see the end of uh, this season in a Haas car if these performances keep on happening, uh, because he should be finishing in the points. Haas has proven that. You saw the way they were performing in the Australian Grand Prix, fantastic stuff. Grosjean, he's had a history of these little stupid errors and. It's happening again. So, Grosjean, very unlikely that we are going to see him in a Haas car uh, in future seasons. Uh, going through the page, I think that pretty much wraps up. Oh, a lot of congratulations here for, of course, Lewis Hamilton. Uh, a lot of play, a lot of uh, fans thinking that he is back. Uh, oh, this is an interesting one about Williams. Uh the crisis is caused by an aerodynamic stall that has given its drivers no confidence in the car, says team consultant and ex-Formula 1 driver Alex Worth. So a lot of comments here from people on this post saying that it is, well, it is BS. You guys can figure out what that means because I'm not allowed to say it. But look, Williams clearly underperforming this season they're supposed to be one of the, not front runners, but well entrenched in that mid-pack at least, and they haven't. So, look, it'll be interesting to see whether or not they can fight back for the rest of the season. Anyway, that's it for this episode four of the Q3 podcast, the Spanish Grand Prix review. 
I will be back next Monday and we will be joined by James Worth, who will be in Europe. He's in Europe for the next three weeks. So you'll be, I'll be here in the studios. James will be having a lovely holiday over there in the Europe on his on in Europe in the Europe. What am I talking about? In Europe, sorry, on his cruise. So anyway. Till next Monday, you can obviously tune into the show on Omni. We are now on iTunes as well, so do chuck us a subscribe. It'd be fantastic to see you guys subscribe to the show. And obviously, we're on Facebook at Q3 Podcast and on Twitter at Q3 Podcast. So any thoughts you got during the week in the world of Formula One, do message us on Facebook or tweet to us on Twitter, of course. But anyway, till next Monday, we'll see you at the front of the grid.